Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I'm your host, Christiana, over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing pretty well today. Um, we got more baseball to talk about. Yes, yes, yeah. we do. And nope, that's the one. Uh, and that's kind of it, really. And I did kind of, uh, I, d- I did sort of forget on the intro but daniel is recording on a very special day it is his 23rd birthday um i think i recorded on my birthday once so this is probably your first time recording on your birthday yeah i mean i am uh, officially in my ted simmons year uh you know i mean i know guys like buck showalter and buck martinez uh, have great things to say about the the amazing switch hitting catcher that is a hall of famer uh and you know i mean it's what it's all about i'm in the ted simmons year uh it's, I mean, you know, I can't think of a better comparison for 23. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's the best, that's the best you can, best you can do there. And I mean, that's a hall of famer. So yeah. I don't think there's any other hall of famers in any sport, uh, donning 23 like that. So you gotta, you gotta only put because, yourself to the best. Only and that's because what you're Zach doing. Ranking isn't eligible yet. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, who wears twenty? I thought about going Granky here, but I was like, "Oh my God, Ted, Ted Simmons! <laughs> Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, in, our, in our group chat with uh, you know Nico Vassell and Rob Dickey, I said Eric Fetty here. Yeah, that's also a, a good one because that fits the vibe of that group chat. I think more than Ted Simmons does. Yeah, Eric Fetty is a guy who qualifies as a name you haven't heard in years, even though most of his work has been in the past years <laughs> yeah he pitched last year he pitched like 120 innings last year yeah yeah <laughs> yeah unfortunate for him but it's just he's just that guy he's just he's just eric fetty um so uh for the for the uh um so yeah for the uh for the special occasion, we will get into a segment on players uh, who really excelled on their birthday, whether it be a single game performance or just general uh, general dominance uh, on on birthdays throughout their career. But first, we got to talk about a team who uh, has been in first place or tied for first place for all 56 days of the regular season so far, uh, and by many people surprised it is the texas rangers who now who still sit atop the american league west with a record of 31 and 18 the third best record in the american league uh and probably a little bit more impressive with uh mlb yeah the third best record in major league baseball um which is pretty unbelievable and one of the best the best run differential in all of baseball yes um well so yeah, what are we seeing with the Texas Rangers? Yeah, I mean they're kind of doing kind of doing it all, really. I, I mean, you know, Nathan Ovaldi's been atop that rotation this year, newly one of the many newly acquired pitchers they have. 
Uh, he has 2.4 Fangraphs wins above replacement. That is uh, the leader in the American League. Only Zach Gallen has more than him overall. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's keeping the ball in the park, which I think as Red Sox fans, we know that Nathan Ovaldi is at his best when he's keeping the ball in the park because he always is going to have very good strikeout to walk numbers. And he does this year, 8.57 K per nine, 1.43 walks per nine and 0.3 home runs per nine is pretty outstanding. Obviously, you know, that's going to lead the league in a lot of years in this day and age. And to go along with that, he has a 51.6% ground ball rate, which is well above the league average. Uh, you know, there's not really an aspect of pitching that Nathan Ovaldi hasn't been doing well this year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers were able to get him on a, you know, a pretty good deal, pretty, you know, good deal for the team. Uh, only two years, $34 million signing a 33 year old because, you know, he didn't have the full year last year. If he went into free agency after 2021, it probably would have been a different story. But, uh, you know, it was a good I, I think I said when the signing happened, I liked the deal for the Rangers and we're kind of seeing exactly why. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's interesting because the Rangers were, uh, you know, a team with a lot of expectations coming into this year, but I don't think anyone could have expected this, especially from the offense, because, you know, the offense did not look to have a lot of depth this year, especially with Corey Seager having gone down for as long as he did, you know, really felt like there was a lot of holes to fill in that offense, but a lot of guys have been, you know, kind of crushing it. Ezekiel Duran, one of the guys they got in the uh, Joey Gallo trade from the Yankees, he's been kind of killing it this year. He has a 135 OPS plus, a 358 BABIP, sure, but, I mean, he's hitting the ball well. Josh Young uh, has been uh, maybe the best rookie that's played all season uh, long in the American League, a 124 OPS plus, 0.9 F4. Uh, he's been excellent. And Leody Tavares has been taking advantage of some uh, some good Babbitt luck, but also is hitting the ball well, generally speaking. Uh, you know, 304, 367, 408 for the year. Uh, Jonah Heim has been slumping offensively lately, and he's been good this year. Then also there's like, you know, guys like Adolis Garcia and Nate Lowe that have uh, taken even bigger steps forward. Marcus Semien is still crushing it. Corey Seager, when he's been on the field, has been good. They've even gotten decent production in shorts samples out of guys like Josh, Josh H. Smith, my player to watch and ja Travis Jankowski, uh, as well as Mitch Garver in 22 plate appearances. You know, there's not a lot of guys that aren't doing well for the Rangers, or at least, you know, guys that have not, are not doing well with a lot of time, except for like maybe Robbie Grossman, he's been struggling, but that's kind of it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah the Texas Rangers as a whole have, the uh, second best OPS in all of baseball and the second best weighted runs created plus in all of baseball uh, because of, yeah, guys that are, that are definitely uh, outperforming expectations. I know Adelise Garcia is absolutely hammering the ball. He has an average exit velocity of over like 93 miles per hour. Uh, he's been really killing it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, on the pitching side, uh, they've been doing very well as, as well. I mean, having a, Having a team ERA plus that is uh, having a team ERA plus that is 115 um, and an ERA that ranks fifth in the fifth in the American League. Um, they're absolutely killing it. And this is despite for the past month not having Jacob deGrom, um, which is, you know, it's pretty great. It's pretty amazing for this Rangers team says a lot about this Rangers team that they can do all this without their best pitcher. 
Yeah, no, it's been pretty remarkable. The bullpen's also been killing it. Will Smith out of the bullpen uh, has looked really good FIP-wise. Uh, and even as a 237 bat, we have to go along with that, mostly because he has a 25.6% ground ball rate and a 4.5% home runs per fly ball ratio. So, uh, you know, he's I'm, I'm presuming that means he's inducing a lot of weak contact that goes in the air. Uh, you know, Globe Life Field is a product that can hold in some fly balls. Uh, so he's probably been taking advantage of that. Also, you know, Josh Spores, uh, Ian Kennedy, uh, guys like that have been killed. But even like uh, Dane Dunning to a degree, he's not striking out a lot of people, but he hasn't given up a home run yet. And he is a ground ball guy, 50.8% uh, this year. So, you know, they've just been getting solid contributions kind of across the entire team from the rotation of the bullpen and also various parts of the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, Dane Dunning with a 167 ERA definitely in terms of run prevention, um doing doing his work for sure. Um and yeah, like there's been a lot of good there's been a lot of pitchers who are doing great at preventing runs. Uh and you know, Nathan Ivaldi has been Nathan Ivaldi has kind of taken the ace role without, you know, him originally signing up to be the ace because I mean, yeah, a 245 FIP, 260 ERA. He's really been uh, absolutely dominating. Um, so, you know, I guess to advance the conversation, we, you know, this is their three games up in the AL West. I don't think anyone is is crowning them is crowning them uh, AL West favorites yet. Um, but how long do we think them being, you know, a legit having a legit shot with this AL West? How long do we think? that's gonna be going on i mean it feels like it's kind of as long as the astros wanted to right i mean the astros just feel they always are going to feel inevitable until we get to a moment where they don't eventually come through and win the division by 27 games because that's what happens seemingly every year um you know they they didn't get off to the hottest start last year either but also i don't really remember anyone in the aos doing that except for maybe the angels and they obviously went on a 14 game losing streak which i'm not anticipating the rangers will do that but the astros are only three games out um and I'm not doubting the Rangers to keep playing well through the whole season. They certainly look like they're capable of doing so, especially if guys like Eovaldi are going to pitch that well and the rotation is going to be uh, that solid. And, you know, Adolis Garcia, Nate Lowe, and, you know, Simeon Seager are going to continue to stay healthy and, and rake. But, I mean, it feels like it's as long as the Astros want it to continue, it will continue at this point until I'm proven wrong on that. I, I think right. that's the way to go. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's not like the Rangers have the, you know, are first in the AOS because the Astros are struggling. Astros are doing pretty well. They've they've definitely heated up as of late. Um, they've probably won like somewhere around nine of their last twelve or something like that. They've been doing pretty well. Uh, they're now seven games above five hundred at twenty eight and twenty one. Um, and yeah, they definitely feel inevitable. They've you know recently gotten Jose Altuve back which is definitely big for their team um you know probably on the field and off the field uh good to have him just as a second baseman and as a team leader uh so the the Astros have recently added that back um but yeah I mean it's a team that won 106 games last year and kind of coasted through the postseason so it's it will be hard for the Rangers to keep up but yeah optimistically for the Rangers I think the 
possibility of them going to the playoffs is very, very real compared to how we saw it before the season as, you know, sort of maybe down the line, but not this year. This this year, it seems like they could make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with the, you know, the three wild card spots. I know that's kind of a narrative from last year, but uh, they would be uh, in third place in the AL East right now. And, you know, I mean, they're holding off a lot of teams in that division that have all been doing well. And there's no re- real reason to, to believe that they can't because, you know, they're not going to have to face the AL East as much as the rest of the of that division will. So, you know, as long as they can, you know, obviously they can't do it as much, but, you know, they get to face the A's 13 times this year. Uh, you know, they can do the best against the Astros, Mariners, and Angels, but, you know, the AL East is all playing itself, and all of them are obviously very good. So, yeah, I mean, the Rangers do have the advantage over all those AL East teams of not having to play the AL East that much. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, I'm wondering, a team they are uh, six games ahead of in the AL West is the Mariners. Um, and the Mariners are probably, you know, eventually going to be competing for a wild card spot here. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, like, how long, how long does it take for the Mariners to catch up? And, will you know, how, when will they catch up? I've been saying they've, that they're kind of due for a run. But, you know, it's it's almost June now and they're they're one game above 500 right now. Well, I mean, they went on the run right before the All-Star break last year. So, I mean, it, you can't say at this point that it's too late. But, yeah, I mean, time certainly is ticking. You know, they're lucky enough that the Rangers are only now kind of running away with the division. And even then, they're still six games out. Like, that is more than manageable for them going forward. Uh, but, yeah, they're lucky the Astros didn't get out to, you know, the Astros-like start. You know, they're lucky that the Rangers are only really breaking out now. The Angels are kind of hovering 500. Um but it's definitely not too late for them to go on a run, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it with the Mariners, it, that is a team that was in June in June of last year, ten games uh, below five hundred, and yeah, they turned it around. You know, got to the playoffs and won a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why I've been saying they're due for a run. That's for sure. So the Rangers are leading the division, but. <clears throat> More importantly, it is Daniel Curran's birthday. Uh, it's twenty third, and we probably sh- were going to do this sub- segment, whether it was yours or mine, at some point. But I just think it's funny that StatHead has a cool feature where you can find stats on particular players' birthdays, and you know it's it's kind of a slower news week, so why not look at and yeah. it's a special occasion. So, even even funnier, we were going over this over the show, but you have a you have an option to see what people did when it wasn't their birthday because there is an is birthday uh, filter on StatHead and you can click yes or no. So it's it can be like, oh yeah, no, I don't want stats from their birthdays. I want everything else though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's very pretty fun. amazing. <laughs> Hank Aaron was born on February 5th, so uh, he didn't hit any homers on his birthday. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's... And for how long he played... Talk about not coming through when the moment is there. Yeah. Talk about not coming in in the clutch. But um, we're going to try to – we're pointing out players who had very good birthdays, and we're hoping that Daniel has somewhat close to this level of birthday. Um, My first highlighted player, uh, I just – this is what I sorted by the first thing. I wanted to see most win probability added. 
on a player's birthday. And that was actually pretty recent. Mike Moustakis, on his 31st birthday in 2019, hit two go-ahead home runs on his birthday. So wow. shout out to uh Mike Moustakis. Yeah, I think I think in the third inning, the Brewers were down two to one. He hit a three-run homer, and then it was tied five to five in the ninth inning, and he had he had another two-run homer. Or uh, he had a he hit a two-run homer. So a three-run go-ahead and a two-run go-ahead. Did they end Mike up winning? Moustakis did it on his birthday. Did they did they win that game? They won that game. Yeah. Nice. They did win that game and it helped it, yeah, it probably helped them get a, a wild card spot. Yeah, um, right. In in over in 2019. So that's the most win probability added on a player's birthday. This one I think is a little more famous, uh, at least for fans of our team. Um, but Nomar Garcia Para Nomar Garcia Para uh is the only player to get three home runs and the only player to get eight RBI in a game on his birthday. Uh, this was his 29th birthday on July 23rd, 2002. Um, and he shared a lineup with Ricky Henderson. So shout out to the Ricky Henderson Red Sox era. Yep. Um, uh, it was the Ricky Henderson Angels era and the Ricky Henderson Padres era and the Ricky Henderson Blue Jays era. I believe the Ricky Henderson Dodgers era. Is that correct? Yeah, that's where he ended yeah, his uh, MLB a lot career. Of yeah. <laughs> The Ricky um, Henderson Blue Jays, like people don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that Blue Jays deal definitely probably moved mountains because he was part of that World Series champion team. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is a fascinating one to me. A a player by the name of Fernando Vina on the Brewers and then the Cardinals got five hits on both his 29th and 31st birthday in 1998 no and 2000. That's so sick. It's pretty sick. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Why the people should know about that. Yeah. No, I Cause five hit games, like to have two of them period is like kind of insane. It, it really is. How many and, players uh, have like multiple five hit games? I would guess it's under like 150. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to do. I know Cedric Mullins did it uh, recently uh, with the five hit game, but not not on his birthday, so it didn't really didn't really actually matter. Um, so uh, another uh, yeah, another uh, couple more great performances. Um, Tony Campana and Willie Mays both stole four bases on their twenty fifth birthdays. That's tied for the most stolen bases on a birthday. Um, so shout out to Tony Campana and Willie Mays, very similar players uh, at, especially at, you know, what they did in their career. Um, and uh, I guess maybe this is boring, but it's a very productive birthday. Brad Hopp on his 29th birthday and on June 22nd, 2008, went 0 for 0 with four walks. So that's pretty cool. Getting on base. They didn't want to give him anything to hit. Yeah, they knew he was he was excited. They they thought he was going to chase out of the zone because he was excited to he speak asked for, he asked his for a, He asked for a higher OBP for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, that was his <laughs> that was his wish. <laughs> um, that, that was the best way to do it. Um, and uh, the only pitcher to throw a no hitter on his birthday was George Mullen on July fourth. 
1912, he celebrated his 32nd birthday with a no-hitter. Um, and America's whatever that would have been birthday. Yeah, that was that was America's like 136th or 146th birthday, something like that. Um, I don't know. So I yeah, can't. shout out to George Mullen getting a getting a no-hitter on his birthday. No one else has done that, which is kind of surprising because there's like a couple hundred no-hitters out there. So update, I was dead wrong. Uh, there is a ton of players that have multiple five-hit games. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay, the, the total number is 576. I said it was under 150. <laughs> nice. But nice. hey, I mean, to, to do a toys on our birthday is still pretty insane. Um, There is also only one pitcher to have two 10 strikeout games on his birthday. Uh, shout out to Stan Williams, who did it wow. in 1960 and 1961. That's even um, crazier than he did in the 60s. I was ready to hear like a player that I recognized that I've like watched on TV. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. Um, if Spencer Strider was born in April or early May, I was ready to hear him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, I guess you could say like in the 60s and 70s, they were getting starts like every third or fourth day, but like the early still. 60s, not even like the year of the pitcher 60s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not not 68 or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, I, this might be a bad birthday, you could say. Uh, Warren Spawn on April 23rd, 1951, celebrated his 30th birthday by throwing 15 and two-thirds innings, allowing one earned run, but also getting the loss. That's brutal. Yeah, that's that's a tough day of work. You're... Did anyone, like, hit for the golden sombrero on their birthday? Um, Probably, I yeah. That one. I, I did focus on best, best birthdays, but I guess I yeah, could have... I wonder, I wonder if there's worse birthdays out there. I guess I could have focused on uh horrible <laughs> birthdays. Who gave up? Who gave, yeah? Who gave up? Oh like, wow! Actually, a lot runs? of people have done it. Uh, most recently, Taylor Walls in 2022. Uh, on on uh, July 10th of 2022, uh, he went. Uh, he did go one for five, but he did have four strikeouts. Ah, uh, damn. Yeah. Um, in total, no one's done it multiple times, but there are. Uh, 20 players to have had four strikeouts on their birthday. Let's let's up the ante here. Did anyone strike out five times on their birthday? That's a good question, right there. Nobody has done that, not a single person. Ooh, ooh. Um, I can tell you there is only I can tell you there's only one player to have five three hit games on their birthday, and it's a legend. It's Lou Gehrig. Yeah, that makes sense. That's crazy, too, because his career was still cut short yeah yeah but he was still able to manage five three hit games on I his guess birthday not too much he still played 17 years but yeah which was june 19th um was his birthday um and then right behind him ellis burks had four three hit games on his birthday um and uh and yeah and back to single game the highest game score in a nine inning game on a birthday was from a man by the name of Vicente Palacios, who on July 19, 1994, uh, had one hit allowed, one walk allowed, eight strikeouts, and a complete game shutout. That's the highest game score in a nine-inning game on a birthday. Um, second highest, 
92. Nice. Uh, second highest was Garrett Cole in on September 8th, 2019. He celebrated his 29th birthday with eight innings pitched, one hit, 15 strikeouts, no walks, and it's the most strikeouts by a pitcher on their birthday, straight up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Garrett Cole, he, you know, you figured uh, the strikeout record would be recent, and that's that's exactly what Garrett Cole did. Yeah. The last the last birthday stat I have there are um there are six players to get a home run on their birthday five different times. Um those are Al Simmons, Alex Rodriguez, Todd Helton, Derek Lee, Mark Reynolds, and Mike Trout. Yeah, I think Mark Reynolds has the most like career homers on a birthday. Yeah, um, I believe six. so too. I think he might have been tied with someone though. Oh yeah, he is tied. He's tied with A-Rod. Okay. Yep. But Mark Reynolds never tested positive for PEDs, so yeah. And he never did it a second time. No, he didn't. (laughs) So this is post-recording, but I did find some more birthday stats, and I feel like I'd be inclined to share. It's 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 a special occasion, so I'm gonna interrupt uh, the show here with a couple more birthday stats. I got one. One where a guy was good on his birthday. One where a guy was extremely bad. Um, I'll start with the good. Uh, Bobo Newsom, a pitcher in the 30s and 40s with a legendary name. He was able to get the victory five di- on five different birthdays. His 28th, 31st, 32nd, 35th, and 39th birthdays. He got the win in all of them. Uh, so shout out to Bobo Newsom for that. Uh, and looks like in most of them definitely earned those victories uh in in uh he got the complete game in all of them and uh only allowed more than three runs uh once in in one of those birthdays um so got a little birthday gift when he gave up six earned runs and still got the victory um and then a really really bad one maybe the worst birthday performance of all time uh jeremy guthrie on his 38th birthday on april 8th 2017 while he was a member of the Nationals, which I don't really remember him being a National. Uh, he pitched two-thirds of an inning, allowed six hits, four walks, didn't strike out anybody, and allowed 10 runs. 10 runs all earned. Uh, very unfortunate there. But yeah, those were those are the uh, extra, extra birthday stats. Hope you enjoyed. Back to the show. So yeah, fun to go over weird uh, baseball, and that's what we did. I think my favorite was George Mullen throwing the no hitter on his birthday in that's 1912. Cool. Yeah. Um, only pitcher to throw a no hitter on their birthday. So that's cool. So yeah, let's hope we uh let's hope that Daniel's birthday and my birthday in six months is uh is like these players, not Taylor Walls's okay. birthday. I mean, and also let's just hope, you know, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, but I mean, let's hope that you know the Simmons year is much like uh the Archie Vaughn 1935 season. Yes, yes. Where he was twenty three as that. well. Yeah. Where did you look up like highest war in an age twenty three season and find the most fun one? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Where Archie Vaughn had a ten ninety OPS. Yeah. Uh, in nineteen thirty five. In nineteen thirty five, that's pretty wild. Um. All right, so that leads into players to highlight with our thursday uh (laughs) thursday may 25 
2023 edition of How About That? Uh, who do you have for us today? So for my How About That, uh, this doesn't cross the team off the list, but and I've been kind of looking at this guy for a while, and you know, luck reasons have kept me away from him, but I'm I'm going for it today. I'm talking about Riley Green because uh, he's been excellent. Over his last 22 games, he is slashing 364, 423, 546 for a 968 OPS and a 173 weighted runs created plus. And during that span, he is sixth among qualifying position players in F4, trailing only Luis Robert, Juan Soto, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Jordan Alvarez. And then after that is Riley Green. He also has a 475 BABIP this season, which, or not this season, over this span, which leads the majors, but he has dramatically improved his batted ball profile over that time. So you look at a 475 BABIP and immediately you're thinking, okay, well, that's not sustainable. And you're probably right, but Riley Green has, you know, when you look at his batted ball data, it makes sense why a large portion of his batted balls are falling for hits. Uh, so getting into it specifically, before this span, he had an 18% line drive rate, the 25th, 25th lowest among the 200 hitters with at least 50 batted balls. And in this span, he is a 34.4% line drive rate, the eighth highest among the 170 qualifiers. Uh, before this span, he had a ground ball rate of 62.3%, the third highest rate in the league. And in this span, he has dropped it to 46.9%, just slightly above league average, which is a pretty dramatic drop. Uh, his sweet spot percentage has also gone from 27.9% before the span to 37.5% in the span, a near 10% increase. And his exit velocity has gone from 89.4 miles per hour to 93.2 miles per hour, the 15th highest on that list of 170. And overall, he has a 315 expected batting average in this span and a 364 batting average. So, you know, it's not uh, a crazy high increase. Uh, between the two and that expected batting average is the 13th highest uh and this is pretty cool only one of his last 96 batted balls have been above 45 degrees uh which is pretty insane since april 14th which is most of the season his 1.1 percent rate of batted balls being 45 degrees or higher is the second lowest rate among the 273 hitters with at least 50 batted balls in that span, he trails only Tim Anderson, who has zero uh, of such batted balls. In 2023, he is just one of two qualifiers uh, that has yet to hit a pop-up this entire season. It's him and J.D. Davis that have not hit a single pop-up, which is pretty cool. Uh, so Riley Green has been hitting the ball a lot better uh, in many different ways. He's hitting the ball harder. He's making better contact. And uh, that's why he's been killing it in this span. Yeah, Riley Green. How about that? Um, yeah, he uh, <clears throat> definitely definitely making an improvement. Uh, and yeah, I mean showing showing why he was what number two prospect when he was called up, like top five. I don't know exactly. Yeah, he was up there for sure. Um, yeah, pretty good defensive center fielder if I stand correct. Um, my how about that? What? Much of what I have to say about my how about that is uh, splash because I went reliever diving today. Oh, um, and uh, I think, I, yeah, I'm crossing the team off the list. Uh, normally, when you go to the Rockies, your pitching gets worse, but this guy has gotten far better for some reason. And I'm talking about uh, our favorite soft throwing lefty, Brent Suter. 
who in 30 and 30 and two thirds innings pitched this year has a 0.88 ERA and a 2.07 expected ERA. Uh, he has the third most innings for a reliever and out of 186 qualified relievers, his ERA ranks fourth and out of 135 overall pitchers with 30 plus innings pitched, Suter's ERA is the lowest. Uh, along with that, Brent Suter's uh, expected batting average against is in the 95th percentile. Expected slugging against is in the 99th percentile. And expected ERA is in the 98th percentile in all of baseball. Uh, he has an average exit velocity against of 82.7 miles per hour and a hard hit rate against of 21.0%, uh, which are 99th and 100th percentile respectively. No one is better at preventing hard hit balls uh, in baseball than Brent Suter right now. On 81 batted balls, Brent Suter has allowed only one barrel, which puts him in the 99th percentile in barrel rate. Uh, and from 2022 to 2023, his average X velocity has dropped three miles per hour. Hard hit rate against has dropped 90 or er, has dropped 9.3 percentage points. Barrel rate has dropped 4.5 percentage points. And strikeout rate has actually increased uh, 3.6 percentage points. So his batted ball profile is getting it was already really good and it's gotten a lot better uh is gotten a lot better still. And also his strikeout rate has gotten better. Um, and Brent Suter also has a better than average sweet spot rate. So even with these soft hit balls, they're also hitting it uh, in the wrong direction. Um, so he has a better than average sweet spot rate and his hard hit sweet spot rate ranks second lowest out of 153 pitchers with 80 plus batted balls against. I think less than 10% of his batted balls are hard hit and in the sweet spot zone, um, which is really, really good. So Brent Suter, the soft contact machine, uh, getting a... How about that? Um, up, Chris? So well, now we move on to having... the, play, the, uh, the players of subjects that have been underperforming with our uh, Thursday, May 25th. 2023 edition of slightly alarming who do you have for us today so for my slightly alarming i'm talking about a uh a free agent from last winter who signed with a new team and uh started out pretty decent in a couple games but has kind of struggled lately talking about mitch hanniger of the san francisco giants uh throughout the month of may he is slashing 174 186 203 389 for a four weighted runs created plus all of those rank in the bottom 10 among the 176 qualifiers throughout the month. So he's been really struggling. He is also tied for the second lowest walk rate. He has the seventh lowest ISO and the fourth highest strikeout percentage in this span. So he's not, you know, he's not hitting the ball. He's not taking good pitches. He's not driving the ball. Uh, and he obviously he's not hitting for contact. A 174 average just isn't good. So, you know, he's kind of struggling on all aspects of offense right now. During the span, he has 18 batted balls with a launch angle above 20 degrees. So that varies from 20 degrees to 50 degrees to 35 degrees. And he is over 18 on such balls. And none of those 18 were pulled. Uh, all of them have gone either to center field or to the opposite field. Uh, so again, he has zero pulled fly balls in the entire month of May. 
which is pretty devastating because that's basically the best kind of batted ball, especially for a guy like Mitch Haniger, who does have a lot of power. Uh, in every season since 2018, at least 40% of his batted balls have been pulled. In 2023, it is 35%. Uh, overall this year, he has two pulled fly balls on 60 batted balls total. And in the month of May, he is hitting and slugging 143 on batted balls to the opposite field, which, by the way, he's hitting to the opposite field 30% of the, 35% of the time this year, by far the highest in a year. And both that hitting and slugging rank in the bottom 10 among the 196 hitters with at least 10 batted balls to the opposite field. So Mitch Hanniger is not walking, not hitting, not hitting the ball consistently. And he's just not, you know, his timing is definitely off because I mean, zero pulled fly balls over the span of a month is not good. Yeah. Mitch Hanniger. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah. He, uh, he was this just this past offseason signed for a three-year, $45 million deal uh, with the Giants. The Giants were kind of hoping for him to be a good uh, outfield outfield power bat they didn't really have much of besides Jock Peterson. Um, and so far, not looking like uh, he's fulfilling that. So, yeah, very unfortunate there. Um, my slightly alarming was actually mentioned in your how about that. It's Tim Anderson. Um, who in his last 19 games is hitting 197 with a 425 OPS and a 16 weighted runs created plus out of 181 qualifiers in this span, his on-base percentage is eighth lowest slugging is fourth lowest and OPS is fifth lowest. And out of 96 hitters with 50 plus batted balls in the span, his expected Woba and expected slugging are both second worst. His barrel rate has gone from 11.4% before the span to 1.6% in the span. He only has one bat. He only has one barrel out of 60 batted balls in the span in his last 19 games. Uh, and his sweet spot rate has gone from 43% to 20% uh, in the span. And his ground ball rate has gone from 57%, which is already high, to 74%. Uh, the increase in ground ball rate is even more alarming considering his sprint speed has dropped 1.5 feet per second from 2022 to 2023 and has gone from the 77th percentile in all of baseball to 41st percentile in all of baseball. So 1.5 feet per second, um, you know, that's going to prevent him from uh, legging out infield singles the way he used to. And we've kind of seen that in the span. He is hitting 244 and slugging 244 on grounders. Uh, but he was hitting 285 and slugging 312 on grounders in the Statcast era before this year. So there's been a there's been an increase in ground ball rate, but he's gotten worse results on ground balls, probably largely because of his sprint speed dropping. Um, along with his increase in ground ball rate, his line drive rate has gone from 34% to 15% in the span. And out of 96 hitters with 50 plus batted balls in the span, his line drive rate is sixth lowest. His sweet spot rate is the lowest, and his ground ball rate is the highest by 12.8 percentage points. Uh, he's at 73.8 percent. The next, uh, the next highest ground ball rate is 61 percent. Uh, so, Tim Anderson putting the ball on the ground. He's not quite as fast as he was last year, uh, and he is getting a slightly alarming. Um, so that does it for players to highlight. Now we will get into a preview of the weekend ahead um and uh and yeah we're I, I don't think there's any 
four game series that's or there might be one four game series to that starts today or a couple um however uh so yeah it's a preview of the weekend ahead i'll be looking at the series to watch daniel will be looking at the day-by-day uh pitching matchups to watch although if we look for far enough ahead there might be there might not be too much announced but we will work with uh what we have here um in terms of uh series to watch we have a solid we have a solid uh 2020 world series rematch um yeah. with the rays and dodgers playing at the trop um and not only is it cool because it's a world series rematch but it's also two of the best uh teams in baseball i think it's the yeah i think it's the best record in the al versus the best record in the nl or close to that um so i mean that you could argue is the premier series to watch here um it definitely has to be i don't know it, what else it, yeah it, it's take. definitely got to be i don't know um, what else it would take yeah it, it would it would be tough i mean definitely best record wise for like sure or- orioles braves already happened i guess orioles rangers right uh, but that's not happening um so right so uh no it is happening actually that's a lie yeah i was gonna get to that (laughs) uh there's a four game series between the braves and the phillies um which will be at truest park to nle's teams phillies have been kind of struggling lately but they had a very strong come from behind victory uh last night or yesterday, not last night. And along with that, uh, I guess, you know, it could be the premier series to watch, but also Rays Dodgers is probably the premier series to watch, but it's the battle of the overperforming American League teams with the Orioles and Rangers going at it at Camden Yards uh, starting on Friday. So that's going to be a three-game matchup, probably pretty fun to watch. Um, what do you got for the day-by-day pitching matchups? So today on Thursday... Um... We have Braxton Garrett and Kyle Freeland facing each other in Marlins Rockies at Coors, a couple of lefties. Blake Snell will be facing the Nationals for the Padres in Washington. Lucas Giolito will be facing the Tigers for the White Sox in uh, guaranteed right field. Aaron Nola will be facing the Braves for the Phillies in Truist Park. Carlos Carrasco and Kyle Hendricks will face each other in Mets Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, Logan Gilbert will pitch for the Mariners against the A's in T-Mobile Park. And matchup of the day comes from Blue Jays Rays at Tropicana Field. It's going to be Alec Manoa versus Zach Eflin. There we go. Yeah, that's a uh, good one. Yeah, good matchup. Good matchup there. So then on Friday, Hunter Green uh, faces the Cubs for the Reds at Wrigley. It's going to be an afternoon game, of course. Uh, Lance Lynn will be facing the Tigers. They'll be facing Joey Wentz. Uh, in White Sox Tigers. John Gray and Grayson Rodriguez will face each other in Rangers Orioles in Camden Yards. Matt Libertor and Shane Bieber will face each other in Cardinals Guardians. It's a good matchup. Uh, Jared Schuster will be facing the Phillies for the Braves. He had looked solid his last time out. Kevin Gosman will face the uh, Twins for the Blue Jays in Minnesota for the uh, yeah for the Blue Jays. Uh, Alex Wood and Freddie Peralta will face each other in Giants Brewers. Uh, at American Family Field. Max Sergio will face the Rockies for the Mets at Coors. Chris Sale will face the Diamondbacks for the Red Sox in Arizona. Hunter Brown will be facing the A's for the Astros in Oakland. 
you will have Jesus Lazardo and Reed Demers facing each other in uh, Marlins Angels at the Big A. And matchup of the night comes from Pirates Mariners. It's Mitch Keller versus George Kirby. Yeah, a couple up-and-comers there. Yeah, Mitch Keller's been maybe the best pitcher in the league over the last month. Uh, shout out there. shout out to me for saying he would have an over over a 3-4-5 ERA this year in, your, so uh, in your question. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, you'll have Andrew Heaney going for the Rangers against the Orioles. Framber Valdez going for the Astros against the A's in Oakland. Brady Singer going for the uh, Royals against the Nationals in Kansas City. Ronzi Contreras and Luis Castillo will face each other in uh, Pirates and Mariners. How about this one? Clayton Kershaw versus Tyler Glass now coming back from the IL in Dodgers Rays. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Zach Wheeler and Charlie Morton will face each other in Phillies Braves. Uh, Garrett Whitlock will make his return from the IL for the Red Sox against the Diamondbacks. Tanner Bybee and I believe Jordan Montgomery will face each other in Cardinals Guardians. I'm going to be at that game. And uh, Justin Verlander will face the uh, Rockies for the Mets at Coors. Edward Cabrera and Shohei Otani will face each other in Marlins Angels. And matchup of the night, this is a great one, comes from, or matchup of the afternoon, I'm sorry, comes from Giants Brewers. Logan Webb versus Corbin Burns. Mm, that's solid. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, Kershaw Glasnow, by the way, a game one World Series rematch. Hopefully yeah, it goes better very, for Glasnow. I was very close to. Uh, I was very close to putting that as matchup of the night. Yeah, my OCD just wanted to spew out that fact. Yeah. And then lastly, on uh, Sunday, Gavin Stone will face the Rays for the Dodgers. That's going to be the Peacock game at 1145, 11.35. Uh, obviously not a lot is announced. Uh, Jose Barrios and Bailey Ober will face each other in Blue Jays Twins. Alex Cobb will be pitching for the Giants against the Brewers. Graham Ashcraft will face the Cubs for the Reds at Wrigley. Christian Javier will face the A's for the Astros. Yuri Perez and Patrick Sandoval will face each other in Marlins Angels. Tanner Houck will be going for the Red Sox against the Diamondbacks. They have not announced their starters yet. Luis Ortiz will face will face uh, the Mariners for the Pirates. Spencer Strider will face the Phillies for the Braves. And the matchup of the day comes from White Sox-Tigers. It's Dylan Cease versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, the yeah, two uh AL Central aces. Yeah. One has been an ace this year, the other was an ace last year. Exactly. Um so yeah, that does it for this installment of of above replacement radio. We hope you enjoy this one. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gian to follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. Give him a birthday wish, he deserves it. Uh, and, uh, if you are listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel It is called above replacement radio and check out the short digital content as well on there. Um, and if you are watching on YouTube and want to see our own audio only streams, go to Apple podcasts and Spotify. That is also called above replacement radio. And if you want to get all the show needs, follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.